Hello there. Welcome to Biblical Chili. Why don't you follow me and I'll help you find a place to take that load off. The Chili Crew is just about to start. If you've been here before, well, welcome back. But if this is your first time, let me fill you in on how things work around here. You see, we speak openly about the Bible and our daily walk with Christ. And it's our continuing prayer that everyone that walks through those doors grows a little closer to Jesus every day. And just let me say, you came at a great time, too. We are taking a weekly walk through the Bible, one story at a time, from Genesis to Revelation. And after this is all over, if you like what you heard, on the way out, there's a button called subscribe. It's red and it's got a little bell next to it. Oh, and tell your friends. Oh, 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 here we go. Here's a nice seat right up front for you. Now you sit down and get comfortable. I'd like to sit here and talk to you and get to know you better, but that was the dole. I got to go. Those youngsters better get the lead out. This crowd's ready to go. I'll be right over there. Didn't realize the restaurant would be this busy today. I'm coming, I'm coming. Welcome to the kitchen. Order up. So today, as we continue our walk through the Bible, we're going to be going to Genesis chapter 38. Now, just so everyone's aware, this, this chapter is kind of off color for, <laughs> for this whole Genesis thing. And you guys will very, very quickly see what I'm talking about. Uh, so this is about Judah and Tamar. Judah is one of Joseph's brothers. This, as far as chronology is concerned, I'm not really sure when this takes place. I think it's after Joseph has been taken to slavery. I'll just go ahead and dive in and we can pause as we need to. This is Genesis 38. It came to pass at the time that Judah departed from his brothers and visited a certain Aldamite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shaw. Sorry, and he married her and went into her. So he conceived and bore a son. And he called his name Ur. She conceived again and bore another son. And she called his name Onan. And she conceived yet again and bore a son and called his name Shelah. He was at Chezeb when she bore him. Then Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord killed him. And Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and marry her, and raise up an heir to your brother. But Onan knew that the heir would not be his, and it came to pass, when he went into his brother's wife, that he emitted on the ground, lest he should give an heir to his brother. And that thing which he did displeased the Lord, therefore the Lord killed him also. Verse 11, Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow in your father's house, till my son Shelah is grown. For he said, Lest he also die like his brothers. And Tamar went and dwelt in her father's house. Now in the process of time, the daughter of Shu, Judah's wife, died. And Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shears at Timnah. He and his friend Hira the Aldamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's garments, covered herself with a veil, and wrapped herself, and sat in an open place, which was on the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah was grown, 
and she was not given unto him as a wife. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a harlot, because she had covered her face. Then she turned to, she turned, I'm sorry, he turned to her by the way and said, please let me come into you for, he's really polite to these harlots, man, I'm telling you. You saying polite? I'm, I'm looking in the NIV and there's no politeness. <laughs> It's, I don't know. Okay. So then it says, and he turned his way and he said, yeah, mine says, please let me come into you. This one says, mine says, uh, verse 15, uh, when Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute for she had covered her face, not realizing that she was his daughter-in-law. He went over to her by the roadside and said, come now, let me sleep with you. Well, no, that's polite. Come now. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's uh, kind of nice. I pray thee, let, says, let what me. will you give me if I sleep with you? What did you say? <laughs> This is when, you know, I pray thee, let me come in unto thee, for he knew that she was a, a for he knew not that she was a daughter-in-law. I mean, it, it, here it basically goes through the same thing. I, I mean, if you think about it, this stuff hasn't, is not new. It's same, same rhetoric today as it was then. <laughs> right. But th this is why I'm saying like this story, I actually had to look up some of the history on this story. And that's why I'm wondering if we should just re finish reading it through and then kind of pick it apart because the story's like, I, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. So she said, what will you give me that you may come into me? And he said, I will send a young goat from the flock. So she said, will you give me a pledge till you send it? Then he said, what pledge shall I give you? So she said, your, your signet, a cord, and your staff that is in your hand. Then he gave them to her and went into her, and she conceived by him. So she arose and went away and laid aside her veil and put on her garments of a widow. And Judah sent, sent the young goat by the hand of his friend, the Aldamite, to receive his pledge from the woman's hand, but he did not find her. Then he asked around to the men in the place, saying, Where is the harlot which is in, uh, in this open roadside? And they said, There was no harlot in this place. So he returned to Judah and said, I can't find her. Also, the men of the place said there was no harlot in this place. Then Judah said, Let her take them for herself, lest we be shamed. For I sent this young goat, and you have not found her. And it came to pass about three months after that Judah was told, saying, Tamar, your daughter-in-law, has played the harlot. Furthermore, she is with child by harlotry. So Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned. Then she was brought out, and she sent to her father-in-law, saying, By the man to whom these belong, uh, this is what she is saying, By the man to whom these belong, I am with child. And she said, Please determine whose these are, the signet ring, the cord, and the staff. So Judah acknowledged them and said, She has been more righteous than I, because I did not give her to Shula, my son, and he never knew her again. Now it came to pass at that time for giving birth that, behold, twins were in her womb. And so it was when she was given birth that one stuck his hand out and the midwife took a scarlet thread and bound it about his band saying, this one came out first. Then it happened as he drew back his hand that his brother came out unexpectedly. And she said, 
How did you break through? This breach be upon you. Therefore, his name was called Perez. Afterward, his brother came out, who had the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was called Zera. Okay. First question, guys. <laughs> Why was this story in Scripture? That's a good question. I'm, I'm, I'm Josh, going straight you, to the core, man. What do you think, Josh? Let's get a... I, what I, does this have to do with anything? <laughs> be really honest i'm really confused okay yeah so was i <laughs> until i started looking into this what do you guys think tom mike there's a couple of interesting parts verse 21 it said there hasn't been any shrine prostitute here a shrine prostitute ladies that are there to work for a fertility god yep another thing i noticed is the location of where they are that a dulamite where exactly it is in israel it's like a stone's throw away from Bethlehem, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, I I just thought the story was absolutely hilarious, personally, of how she thought of what to do. His perspective of the situation, she was like... Wait, oh, wait hold on. There's a lot of men here. Whose okay, perspective? Of, of Judah. Okay. And then, and then Tamar's, you know, what she did, and then his perspective of her, and she was like, oh, you think I'm a harlot. Okay. <laughs> You know, and she just played into it like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh-huh. Yeah, you owe me, dude. <laughs> well, well, okay, so a little side note, just so we don't get gross or weird here. The Levitical, not even Levitical, actually even before Leviticus, yeah. like the law of this family was set in place that if a... If a son died, the next oldest, or the, uh, basically the next unmarried oldest or youngest or whatever, however that worked out, would actually marry that woman. Because that, that woman, because so, so obviously she ended up, Tamar ended up marrying, but she didn't marry the guy. Like today we, didn't, we marry, you know, the man marries the woman, the woman marries the man, and you know, that's it. Back then, you married the family. That was the thing. Like you married into that family, and if that husband in this in in this instance, so like Ur, did not bear any children, and because of that, Ur needed an heir, and so that's why she was supposed to basically get pregnant by someone else in the family, like one of the other men in the family. Um, but it was supposed to be one of the brothers. It wasn't supposed to be the father. But I'm just saying, so like, I, I don't want this to sound weird. This was not something that was abnormal or gross or weird. Like, I know to us, but... Basically, you're saying it's another way of, like, continuing on the family, right? Right. For In this instance, it was for Ur. Because he was the eldest, and he got married to her. And otherwise, his bloodline would have would have died. Ended right there. Right. So, and so basically that, continuing bloodlines to keep it going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that, that was the purpose in it. So I'm just saying, I just, I want that preface right there. I don't want this to sound like, oh, this is so gross. She, she slept with her father. Well, yeah, okay. It's, it's weird. But even for them at that time, it was weird because she was actually supposed to be to the brother, but Judah did not fulfill his promise. His promise was, I will give you shoe, wasn't it? Right. Or Sayla. I'm sorry. Shayla. Shayla was the yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, she had to wait a long time. Like, she had been waiting for quite some time 
be showed mercy, you know, showed mercy in this aspect of, Hey, you know, we're going to make sure you're taken care of. So up at the very beginning there, when Ur was wicked. And so he was killed when Onan, he, he, I, I believe was killed because of his selfishness. He did not do what Judah, Judah commanded him because Onan knew, well, I'm just going to be fathering an heir for my brother. It's not going to be mine. And he, he wasn't going to give them the satisfaction. So his disobedience caused him to be put to death. This put in that little fear that Judah didn't want his other son to die. And what I thought was interesting was the how, how she you know, manipulated, tricked him almost into doing this on her own just to take what she was. I don't even think it was take what she was promised because now it's no longer a son that she's going after. It's going after the father of her dead husband. Well, I don't think she was going directly after him personally, I, because I think it was for a son. She was given a promise because l- l- the crux of this whole story goes all the way back Well, I see verse 13. When Tamar was told, your father-in-law is on his way to Timnah to shear his sheep, she took off her widow's clothes and covered herself with a veil to disguise herself. Right. And then went out to the entrance. Right. But here's, here's my thing. She, Judah actually says, this is verse 26. And like, I'm just saying, we got to keep this part in mind. Okay. This is Judah. She has been more righteous than I. Right. Because I did not give her to Shayla, my son. I'm just saying, even scripture tells us that, I'm not saying what she did was right. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that. Because she did, and I think you're right, Tom. I think she did have a layer of deception in this, but he freely admits, he's like, wow, she was more righteous than I was. She She carried herself in a more righteous manner than I did. Yeah, and what I find interesting is how God pinpoints this situation. Okay, you were talking about why is this in here. Yeah. If you look in the lineage of Christ, there's not too many ladies mentioned. And the ones that are mentioned didn't get there by a good situation. In in Tamar's scenario, she was looked on as a harlot. Okay, she played the role of a harlot. It's interesting how, you know, the lineage of Christ. Yeah, it's yeah, it's interesting if you look at that. I mean, it's so amazing that the fact that she gets to be mentioned in the lineage of Christ is so cool. Josh is Josh is looking that up. But you're you're right, though. And that's what I thought, too. I'm like, why is this in here? And then I was thinking back to what Tom said. When Tom was like, well, you know, this is Judah is the one child out of Jacob that was the lineage of Jesus and the king. You know, like this is this is Jesus lineage. So do you have do you have that, Josh? And Judas begat Phares and Zara of Thamar and Phares begat Ezram and Ezram begat Aram and Aram begat and Aminadab begat Nason, and Nason begat Solomon, and Solomon begat Booz of Rechab, and Booz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, right? 
And just if you get David the king and David the king, you get Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Yeah. So, so like right there at the beginning of that, it's it's uh, Matthew 1, 3. It says, Judah, got, Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar yep. in Matthew. Yep. I've, I also have another one. Check it out. It's uh, Ruth. What is it? Ruth 4, 12, I think. May your house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bore to Judah, because of the offspring uh, which the Lord will give you from the young woman. So, I mean, that's the obvious reason. I would say, I mean, unless you guys have something else, I think that's the main reason why this is brought up. Right. I believe it's all, all, if you think of how Christ came into the world, I mean, just the story, just the simple story of how he came into the world. The fact that his lineage has, for lack of a better term, not a good clean lineage, okay? You think of well, all the kings and all the the people, this high society people always, oh, my line is clean and da-da-da-da-da. Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Right. Okay? He was born in a manger. His lineage was not a... Prime, you know, a clean lineage, but it was a lineage of the kings. If you look at history and how things played out, God was basically trying to say to me, this is the way I look at it. He was trying to say, I may be royalty as per se, but I'm born in a common place of a common line to a common people. Also, I was just going to say, you're talking about with a line. It's, it's funny because Tamar was not in... Jacob's she no. wasn't in an Israeli no neither was uh <gasps> Ruth who who it was no Ruth was Ruth was a she was uh, uh Israelite Rahab that's the one I was yeah thinking, Rahab. she was a she was a Gentile too yeah. she was not a Jew right so with the scenarios on how these turn of events took effect I think it's quite interesting how all these different things led up to Jesus' birth, of course. Right. Because all these had to happen for that to happen, of course. But it's, it's and it's, I don't know, it's just, it's not even that it's, that it's happening. It's that these people are broken. Correct. Like, these people came from a broken, broken family. I would agree with Tom when it comes to this, this bit of deception that was done. Why Why would she ask for these three things, though? Because uh, it looks like she the asked proof, for... you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, she asked I for mean, a signet ring, she knew. a cord, and his staff, <laughs> his, like, shepherd staff yeah, or whatever. She, I, personally, I think she knew, man. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, um, I think this is what you could spell out in today's terms as blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it funny because I actually, I looked this up. I'm like, okay, so why all of these things? Like, what would make these so significant? The only one I thought of was a signet ring. Now, the signet ring back then, that was, and many of us know what a signet ring is. Punch a piece of clay or a piece of wax, and that would be your signature on a document or on a stone or something like that to say, this is my property or, you know, I'm officiating this. So that makes, that one makes sense. But I had to look up about the cord. The cord was his belt that held his robes together. <laughs> She took his belt and that would be like, you know, like taking a guy's shoes. Like if you just slept with a guy and like, well, how would I know if you're going to pay me back? Well, how about I take your shoes? 
you know, like she, like she just took a piece of his clothing, like an important piece of clothing that holds his clothing cl- closed, basically. The staff, and I didn't know this, but I found it very interesting that his shepherd shepherd's staff would have been unique because every shepherd, I mean, think about it, you're sitting out there just watching sheep all day and all night. They would have actually, and I didn't know this, but this was a very common thing. They would carve, hand carve these staffs. Like the head of the staff, they would actually carve images on it or carve words into it or, you know, just shape it in a specific way because it was so then, you know, like, so Josh, if you and I were working together and, you know, oh, well, whose staff is whose, you know, well, you'd obviously know mine I shape like this, you know, Justin, you know, shape this on it. So I just, I, I found out that I'm just realizing that like one of them, one of the things identified his household, one of the things held up his clothes and the other thing identified him. So, so in other words, like a sense of identification. Right. It'd be like keeping some dude's like, wallet. Yeah. It's like back then, <laughs> back then that's, that's like their idea, of course. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, she uh, basically took three forms of ID. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, I'm going to prove it was you. Uh, I mean, that you would have thought he would have been like, wait a minute. You know, like, uh, what, what just happened here? You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but yeah, he didn't but, even. I don't know. If you're in the moment, and you're like, you just want to sleep with somebody. And he's like, oh, you know, his wife's already dead for a while and all this other stuff. So it's like, yeah. I don't know. Josh, you make, make sure you learn from this situation. You don't go to those kind of ladies, okay? <laughs> Good tip. Tom, did you have a question? Yeah, my question came at the very end. Number 27. Will you all, say for Josh, um, have had children. Okay. Um, how messed up or... Cre- I'm, I'm trying to get the... Um, physiological or the, the the just the physics of this biology thing going on where an arm comes out and they tie the they tie the, the, the string on it and then it goes back in like I, I don't, and, and they're, they're talking like it's like oh wow wasn't that funny i think i would be a little concerned it's like come on this is a one-way street guys you can't go back <laughs> Uh, yeah, used by like, are, are they like, hey, here's the here's an opening. Everyone run for the light, and the brothers are already fighting. I I'm I, I'm just taken aback because you know, it's not it, a really large canal enough for two people. It makes me think of Jacob and Esau. It's the same thing, wasn't it? I mean, well, not really, Similar. but but Esau came out and Jacob had a hold of his his ankle, I think it was, or his foot, and was holding on as he was coming out. They were fighting in the womb too. I'm pretty sure in history, I'm sure we've had some interesting stories in our, you know, modern history of twins and things. It would be interesting to look at some of those stories and see if anything like this has gone through, you know, because I'm sure there has been. Hey, is that why a lot of twins are in bit of quarrels? (laughs) (laughs) Got jokes. Tommy's man to you. (laughs) I was going to say, Tom, you're rubbing off on him, dude. Uh, That's awesome. You'll thank me when you're older. (laughs) Okay, so why then, and I guess it doesn't really describe it, why was God displeased or were they just blaming their death on God? I can't really tell. I can see the second guy because he obviously, he he should have done his duty for his brother, but he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. But Well, I think that um, Ur must have been a real big 
jerk for lack of better terminology because if he was so bad that he died is wicked in the lord's sight so the lord put him to death he must have not been a really good person and so now an onan his brother who knows him well is now tasked with continuing the line of your not so nice brother and then know that uh that your offspring is no longer yours and you had just done a duty that your dad told you to do for your evil brother. You know, right. This, for them to say that he was wicked in the Lord's sight had to speak to his character. He must have been in you know a, a bad part of town, bad place, bad time. And that's how they, they worded it back then. Yeah, they said it pretty plain. <laughs> it is weird, but there was a purpose in this. A lot of it was the lineage of Jesus, but on the other hand, we're talking about a a a man who was supposed to be a man of God, Judah, did not do what he was supposed to do to continue on his lineage. Because here, we're not just talking about Ur's lineage, are we? No. We're talking about Judah's lineage was going to continue on through through this because Judah's wife was obviously dead already. And it's, it seems as though, I mean, we don't know the whole story, but it seems as though he, all he has left is one son. Uh, was it Shayla or Sheila? Sheila. <laughs> yeah. Weird Sheila. And he only had one son left. And so, yeah, I know next week we're going to be talking about Joseph and kind of continuing on his story. I can't wait for that. Cause that's going to be exciting. Right. <laughs> Amen. One of you guys uh, lead us out in a word of prayer. Go ahead, Mike. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this time we had. Thank you for uh, the ability to talk about your word and think about how you work things out through history to be able to be born the way you needed to be born to show uh, how much you love us and, and love mankind. And uh, thank you again so much for what you've done. I pray you would bless these words and bless this time and uh, get your glory and your praise out of it. In your name we pray, amen. 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 Well, this has been Justin. This is Tom. This has been Mike. This has been Josh. All right. Thanks, guys, for joining us today. We will see you next week. Well, hello, everyone. Now that this is all over, I hope you had a great time. Now, listen, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I'm closing up. You can get a hold of them on something called Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, podcast podcast what are they fishing for whales listen folks just look up biblical chili anywhere i'm sure you'll be able to find them out there and until lord willing we'll see you again may the lord bless you goodbye still listening? I doubt it. There can't be that many people that listened all the way to the end of the track. Most will probably skip it.
But in case you did, congratulations, you're one of the few. We love you.